I'm sure a lot of you out there, when you, when things go really well, you're waiting for the other shoe to drop. The devil, the evil, the demons, they feed off anxiety. And the anxiety is something that's been, it's a lie, which has been instilled into you from previous trauma. I'm, I'm human too. You know, I have rough weeks. I have rough emotional weeks. I have rough mental weeks. And uh, this was one of them. The deals with depression and anxiety and who has been in an abusive relationship, they can recognize these things. You can see that in somebody else. Iron sharpens iron, but man sharpens man. This is Men In Your Life, unapologetically human. Here are your hosts, Dan and Brady. Hey, what's up, good looking? Hey! Oh, you must hey. have the camera pointed to yourself, don't you? That's, I do. I am looking at myself, and I'm also looking at that, you. So. Isn't that how you start off every day? Is the, hey, good looking, and That's, while staring in the mirror? Then. Yeah, actually, I probably should. I might I might be nicer to myself if I do that. <laughs> I am beautiful. I am bearded. I am bold. I am Dan. I mean, I, I, and I am Brady, and I am not as beautiful, definitely not as bearded. <laughs> <laughs> See, look, I'm even wearing my my what beard. Is that, no, I'm... no, what? Wu-Tang? No. Welcome to another episode of Men in Your Life, unapologetically human. Uh, as you already know, I'm Dan. That's Brady. I'm Brady, and I'm also part of Wu Tan. So, uh, Wu Tan. I mean, Wu-Tang. obviously, you're a fan. Wu-Tang. That's of. Uh, I'm not um, man. No, man. It's uh, it, it, it's been a few weeks, man. How you been? Good. How are you? Good. I mean, it's something we'll talk about later, but I've definitely I've definitely had some more I f- I feel more stressed out lately. Uh-oh. Um, Uh-oh. Oh, just it uh, honestly it's it's mainly work. It Uh-oh. it really is. It's a lot of it is, you know, it's just stress. It's, you know, I'm 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 going in 50, you, you know, um, you, I'm going in, you know, 15 different directions and that's, that's part of the job, I guess right now. But at the same time, you know, it's, it's been stressful. It's been, uh, I've, I've been exhausted. I've been yeah. absolutely, I'm, I'm finding myself, uh, I'm out. finding myself not, not necessarily burnt out, but I'm coming home and I'm, I'm getting on, I'm on my phone for like an hour and a half or a couple of hours or even all the rest of the night. It's weird for me. Cause work, I work related or just trying to like decompress. No, trying to decompress. Oh yeah. Um, I, I mean, I'll, I'll try to play it. I'll try to play video games, but for whatever reason, I can't get into one. It's like, it's, it, and you know, I usually that, you know me, that's usually how I decompress, but yeah, video game, but I've been just sitting on my phone looking at stupid clickbait, <laughs> stupid videos. And I mean, and there are plenty of those out there. So my time is pretty, and yeah, so it's, it's, it's been a little weird. It's, it feels a little weird, but I've, I, over the last few days, I've kind of caught it. I've kind of realized it. So yeah, not to get too heavy. First thing, other than that, things are great. I <laughs> <Yeah>. see. <laughs> now you got me nervous because as we mentioned before, you and I now work together different. So yeah. West coast, East coast, but we work for the same yeah. company and uh, you are stressed. I am not stressed, so it leads me you to wonder be. what in the world am I getting ready to walk into? No, you shouldn't be. I mean, you're not going to have um, just based on the level of of the quantity of the of uh, buildings that you take care of uh, for for the client. It's you're not going to oh. have as much um, to do, really. Okay. 
um with with me it's it's also it's also what's going on at work which i mean you know a little bit about obviously for mm -hmm. for obvious reasons i don't talk too much I, I don't think i've ever mentioned the name of the company i work for and i won't no and we're not going um, to no and and that's you know that's exactly and that's you know that's just that that's just my belief but uh there are things going on in the home office that you know about that you know are also adding a little bit of stress onto me so it's yeah and and uh, and you know what in in full disclosure yeah you know um the the bills are starting to get to to pile up so it's it's oh, man. it's that time of year it's it's yeah. fine uh, no no it happens it does and it, it does. is what it is and we, you know, we've all been there. And I remember being like that when I was working at the oil depot, you heard about that like every day of your oh, life. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. <laughs> so, well, but. No, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm, and I was happy to be there to, to listen to you and stuff like that. It's just, you know, at least it's different because I kind of have like, I have that inside knowledge now of kind of the stuff that's going on. So yeah. it's, it's not like we're playing catch up on conversation. Now it's just like, I can, I can follow, we can follow what's going on and what's happening. But, um, yeah, I mean, that kind of sucks though, dude. Yeah, it sucks, but you know, such as such is life. And, you know, it's one of those times where you, you know, it's, it really brings into, into sharp relief that, you know, you can either dwell on it and worry about it and stress yourself out more about it, or you can do what you can do. And that's what, and that's kind of what I've had to, had to realize lately with, especially with the bills piling up, you know, do what we can do yeah. and, and we will, we will make it happen with everything else. It's, I mean, it's, it is what it is. We'll, we'll be fine. We're financially, we're fine. You know that, but, yeah. um, but you it's know, just it's one just, of those things where things yeah, kind of start stacking a little bit and you got to knock exactly. them out and yeah, exactly. And, and you know, you, a lot of the stress comes from trying to, trying to find the quick way to fix it. And there isn't one. And no. you know, you need, you need to take your time. You need to do what you can communicate, you know, with whoever you need to communicate with and, you know, just get it taken care of. It'll, it, it, it's one of those things where, you know, it's, it's going to be stressful, but the only, the, I mean, what I've noticed and what I've done in the past is, you know, we have a tendency of, of adding to the stress by, by being like, well, I need to get, take care of this, you know, now rather than I need to take care of this as soon as I can. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's no, really no ever really a quick way to handle finances, but yeah. The upside with that, and I mean, we've been there too. I think everybody's been there, but the flip side of that is you're in a much better situation now than you were last year. And yes. that makes it way more manageable. And I'm sure it's still stressful, but I think some of that stuff where you might've been freaking out of like, how am I going to take care of this is now more like, well, I'll kind of take care of it when I get to it. Yeah. And remember, it, dude, a lot of it is just being patient. I think we get ourselves in trouble when we stop being patient with stuff. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and that's kind of what I was saying is, you know, I, I, I've had to really remind myself that I don't have to take care of this now. It needs to be taken care of. You, and it needs to be taken care of as soon as possible. But there, the, as soon as possible is the operative phrase there. Yeah, but that's the workaholic in you. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm not a workaholic. Got him. <laughs> okay, yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, that's what I thought. I'm glad we're back. 
Oh, me too. I'm glad we're back. You know, I mean, we took the little break, but you, I mean, you got to celebrate your anniversary. And I know. From what when I saw, that was awesome. Yeah, that's, dude, I, just to think about it, as a recap, a year ago, you and I met for the first time at your mm-hmm. wedding, and my wife took photos at your wedding, and this all started because you were looking for somebody to play with on Xbox. I know. I wanted a friend. <laughs> and then so, you got stuck no. with me. <laughs> and, and and then you know then you happened and i was like well he'll do until i find a real one and then it was um, not no. my imaginary <laughs> <laughs> no honestly it was uh it i mean it the way this all started it, it was it's it's an awesome little story it really is it's um a year ago you know a little over a year ago now but you know a year ago it was it was you know one of my it was somebody that I didn't realize would become one of my best friends I met for the first time. And it was awesome. It was. Yeah, it was. Um, I'm, I'm mad we didn't get to stay longer, but, uh, you know, being there for the 12 hours was definitely not enough. But <laughs> no, I mean, it we, never will be. I know it never will be. We we could have been there all week, probably. And it still had fun. Still, you know? Yeah. But exactly. I enjoy, dude, I enjoyed it and I appreciate you inviting us out for that. I mean, that was such a special moment to be a part of. And I'm glad that, you know, you guys, like you said, you celebrated your one year anniversary. You took yeah. time for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we went out to uh, to the Pacific Coast uh, here in Washington. And um, and that was I've honestly never been to the Pacific Coast here. I've always been uh, what, what's what's called Puget Sound. Mm. Um that's really the body of water that I've always been around here. And, and, you know, I was, I grew up on the coast of of Alaska, which is another thing, but never really been out to this place called ocean shores. And it was, it was nice. Um, but honestly, the, the place we stayed wasn't worth the money. Um, but, but honestly it wasn't about that. We had a great time. Um, you know, we, we went to a, a little Irish pub and that was a blast. Uh, we, we went out and took a walk on the beach. We did, we did a lot of things. It was a lot of fun. We went and saw a lighthouse. We drove around. It was great. It really was. It was exactly what we needed. And it's always good to, you know, get out and do stuff for yourself, especially as parents. You'll, you know, I mean, you're going to, you're going to figure that out when, when yours gets a little older and you can, but. Well, on top of all that, it was kind of probably nice being a little kid free for a little bit. I mean, I know you love your kids, but it's nice being, and nearly my child needs to slow the F down because she's pulling herself up in the crib. So yeah, uh, we need that. to, we need to chill. We need to uh-uh. stop that. We're, nope. you know, she's trying to stand nope. up on her own now. And I'm like, mm, no, 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 no. I told, I told my wife outside, if she starts standing up and walking before one, she's going to start paying rent. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, and that's the thing, like, you don't really get, you don't really understand when, when the older people in your life say, you know, especially when you start to have kids and stuff and they say, you know, don't blink, it goes by fast. They're not kidding. Like, I mean, mine, I'm having, I'm having somewhat full conversations with mine now and she's almost yeah. four. Yeah. I mean, I mean you, you were, you were telling me that at the beginning. So you were my older person. I mean, you are like four years from ARP, but. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, um, I guess that was that was probably a little inappropriate. Um, no, I'm, I'm four and a half, but you, okay. who's counting me? Yeah, <laughs> but no, and and I was telling you that, and I'm and I wasn't kidding, but but even I'm, you know, I I have a four year old and a seven year old, and and you know, it's 
uh, almost four year old and seven year old. And it gets, you know, even every day at a minimum every week, something new. Yeah. Something happens that I'm like, hi, what? Yeah. That's kind of where <laughs> I'm at now. I'm just like, what? <laughs> like we, we were at lunch yesterday and she was just grunting the whole time, yeah. just trying to get, you know, get everybody's attention. Everybody loved her, but she's just like grunting and growling. And I'm just like, Lord have mercy. We can't go anywhere in public. Being your daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, um, thanks for that. What are yeah, you trying yeah. to say? Not a problem. <laughs> so what, what have you been, uh, what have you been up to man, the, the last few weeks? Nothing really, man. I mean, we've, um, man, nothing, I guess just work. Like it's, it's nice because work is kind of a, maybe on my end at your end, but work is kind of a, a consistent now where like, I know what's going to happen every day per se. Um, you know, you yeah. get the schedule, you send guys out, you do what you got to do. Like it, it's, it's nice. You know, I can, I can follow mm-hmm. you. I follow that. I can do that. I know when I'm going to be home. There's no questions about when I'm not going to be home. <laughs> and I like that. Um, so, I mean, yeah, like life has been good. You know, we're, we're working good. on some stuff at the house and we're looking for, uh, some furniture for the home and, um, we're going through, there's a big ass bug that just flew by my head. Um, there's, uh, yeah, we're looking for smart furniture for the home. You know, we're um, planning a vacation, you know, like November and, you know, every, I mean, everything's good right now. Like there's no, I, I can say for probably for the first time, like I I feel like peaceful and it's been like that. It hasn't been like that for a while. So I'm, I'm happy about that. Um, did, you know, we, we found some information um, about myself and my, my previous, uh, life. I'm joking, not, not previous life, but as mentioned before, like I was, I was adopted. Everybody, you know, people listening know that I was adopted at a young age and I found some, uh, information about things prior to my adoption, which nothing bad. I mean, just detailed information that I was not prepared to read or find out, but we're not going to talk about that, that, that today, that'll be a whole new thing. Your dad wasn't a serial killer or anything, was he? No. I mean, that would be kind of cool though. Just not not (laughs) cool. Like he killed people, but I mean like, holy shit, like my dad's a famous serial killer. Look at that. No, but uh, we'll go over that in in another episode. That was, that was cool. You know, um, my wife surprised me with a brand new Xbox. Uh, was not expecting that. I know. I was not expecting that. My wife surprised me with a with a new Xbox. Um, that was kind of a funny story in itself. We were out at Walmart as a family, and I needed her to take the kids so I could go to the bathroom. And I came out of the bathroom, and she's in the electronic line, like quickly trying to shove the card into the machine to pay for the thing. And I'm walking. I'm going, what in the world are you effing doing? And she goes, uh, uh, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. And the guy's like speeding through trying to check the stuff out. And I was like, you need to decline that card right now. Like, we're not we're not doing this. She goes, no, it's already done. Or I have the receipt. We're going. I was like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, woman. <laughs> so, well, yeah, that, that was cool. I mean, you know, it was it was nice. And um, I when I asked her why she did that, she you know, she just looked at me and she was like, you know, you've been busting your ass. You've been working hard. You've been doing a lot of extra and she's like, you need to, you know, learn how to do things for yourself. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I, and, and it made me start wonder thinking, uh, you know, cause like, I think it was that night when I f- uh, found the other paperwork about, uh, my biological mom and dad, and we were sitting there talking and, um, we were, 
talking about it, you know, thinking, I was like, you know, like my daughter, I just, des- I deserve to have like a healed life. And, um, you know, my daughter deserves to have a healed father. And yes. these are the process. These are the things that we need to do to get there. And, you know, I'm not saying you run out and buy your significant other an Xbox, unless you're inclined to please go ahead. Yeah. But, I mean, um, you, you start doing things for yourself to make yourself feel better. And you start building that confidence back. And it's nice when it gets backed with, with, affirmations and you know you can finally tell yourself like yeah like i am doing a good job i do work hard and it's paying off and you know i'm i'm happy i'm glad you know um but yeah i mean that was that was my week so nothing too crazy nothing too exciting right on um i mean it sounds like you had a pretty good week the, yeah. well i guess pretty good last couple of weeks and that's yeah. that's awesome and, and that's and it's very true i mean you do have to take time to and it's not necessarily just buying yourself things but you need to take time for yourself and yeah. you know and and i like the fact that that you put the i like the way you said that you know that you deserve to have a healed life and and your daughter deserves to have a healed father which and they're there and it's not going to be easy and there are going to mm-hmm. be time where there are going to be things that you may find out like like this last time that you know you didn't know and it impacts you in, a, in one way or another but you know i i gotta say that i'm happy that that you're willing to take those steps forward but you know don't just remember you don't have to start running you, you yeah. can you can take it one step at a time man i mean right. you're an amazing you're an amazing father you're an mm. amazing husband and i mean honestly don't don't overwhelm yourself just just to try to get ahead you know what i mean thank you appreciate that so, um, um and, and, and with speaking, that sorry speaking go ahead. of amazing speaking of amazing people uh, from from what i understand we have a guest today we do, and I've been hyping it up all week. Um, everybody, <laughs> been trying to do my best. He actually did a shout out for us on TikTok, which is pretty cool. He did. I think I shared. Much. Shared. Um, I think everybody shared. My wife shared. Uh, I think God Himself shared. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, and I, we're real. I'm really excited. Like this is something that's been in the making. We've been talking about it for a little while. Um, finally, found the opportunity to do it. And it couldn't have actually come, I think, at a better time being that this is, you know, the the start of, of September. Uh, September is Suicide Awareness Month. And, mm-hmm. you know, we try to do as much as we can during this time. I mean, we always do. But during this time, we always try to do as much as we can to bring awareness to the forefront. And we try to normalize having hard conversations and we try to, you know, squash the stigma around mental health and especially men's mental health. Um, yes. A couple of years ago, I signed up for uh, with the AFSP, which is America for Suicide Prevention. And we hosted, I said, I mean, I say we because you were heavily involved in this too, along with everybody, with the guys and everybody else, a 24 hour Twitch stream where we mm-hmm. raised over a thousand dollars, which was awesome. That's the most that I've ever, I've ever raised doing this. Um, and this year we're, I'm doing it again, but we're doing something a little different. Uh, instead of registering as an individual, I've registered as the podcast with, you know, under many in your life, unapologetically human. Um, there's, I will, uh, post a link on the Facebook page, um, for anybody that's curious if they're, you know, if they feel inclined to donate, keep in mind, we're not asking you to, um, we make no money doing this at all. We don't get sponsors. We don't get, you know, kickback. We get nothing. It's $0 from doing this. We do this because we have a for mental health. Um, but 
I am excited to announce that we've I've added a little incentive into it where any $50 donation will get you a free Men in Your Life Unapologetically t-shirt, which means, yes, we actually have t-shirts now. We've only been talking about it for over a year and a half. You know, uh, but yeah, so we have uh, with that, we'll, you know, we'll give you, you know, give you a free t-shirt. And again, it's not, we're not, you know, asking you guys to donate. Um, if you feel inclined to, please go ahead. A hundred percent of the uh, contributions go to AFSP. So we also don't see anything from this. Um, so like I said, at the end of the episode, when we post it, I'll post a link up for anybody that feels like they want to donate. Um, and it's kind of cool because the guest that we have on today, um, he's a musician, he is a father, and he also works in the mental health field. Um, his name is Blake and I think Blake is ready to go. And I think, uh, ah, Blake, you hear us? Yep. What's going on, man? Not much, just on here and, and have a conversation. It's an honor to be invited. Well, I'm glad to have you, man. And uh, just, you know, bear with us. Um, Blake was going to use his laptop and he went for an update and Windows decided to screw him. So he's on his phone and we're having a little bit of a, of a connection problem, but we're going to we're going to power through. We're going to get through it. I, I tell you, I mean this and I I wish we didn't have to say, it, but we've dealt with worse with our own stuff. So this yeah. is not that bad. I promise it'll be OK. Um, but yeah, man, I'm so glad you're here, dude. We've been trying to work on this for a while. Um, we've, I know we've talked about it through like comments back and forth, but it kind of felt like this was the perfect time to do this. And like I said, dude, we're, I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome, man. Um, so do you want to kind of tell everybody a little bit about who Blake is? Um, so I'm a musician. Um, background and one of the reasons uh, this podcast is because I have my own history of mental health issues, of major depressive disorder, speaking of suicide awareness this month, I thoughts, no attempt, uh, but men's mental health very close to my heart. I work lines uh, of that and I grew up kind of in a household. Nobody they talked about that stuff, um, and so I actually did all 30, 31, and I was already worried about myself, and so I do try to, in my music, mental health struggles, try to represent that so that people listen to it, and they say, I felt that way, too. Um, other than that, you know, father, I'm divorced, and I'm dad. I can to my kid. December, uh, uh, the music, the fatherhood, all it's all and uh, for me. Uh, and so I'm not really good summarizing myself, but I guess of uh, like. Hey, that was pretty good. No, and that's and and honestly, I, I I'm glad you came you, you came on and, and you you shared a little bit right there. And this is this just kind of reaffirms the fact that I mean, you look at Dan, you look at me, you you look at you. you know, I mean, three different 
parts of the country, three different, very, very different lives, but still, you know, have had struggles with, with severe depression and severe me- mental disorders and stuff like that. And I mean, it just, it's kind of an, it, it kind of, it's kind of an indication that this affects everybody. Yeah. And I think this is a good, like, we always talk about like trying to come like full circle. I think for once, like finally we've kind of hit that coming of full circle where you have us two who are just complete amateurs at this whole thing. And we're kind of just strong arming (laughs) it through trying to figure out, but then you got, you know, Blake on the other side who actually works in that field and who also battles with his own stuff. And I, I don't know about you, Blake, but me personally, I've said on here numerous times that a lot of times I feel like a hypocrite because I'll sit here and talk to people about how you, you know, how you can battle things, this and that, like it's okay to feel a certain way. And then I'll turn around and do the complete exact opposite of what I just told everybody else. And Mm -hmm. I'll not do anything that I just said. I'll just go back and being self-destructive and sabotage my own life. (laughs) Yeah. So when you work in mental health, kind of imposter syndrome, feel there's a lot of times where doing my job, I'll provide coping skills, things like that. When I go to leave, like, like you, know, you know, I can too. Like, it's big. It. Uh, so I kind of joke, like, counselors are like, it's not necessarily taking that in their personal life. <laughs> right. If I do as I say, not as I do kind of situation. <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah, basically. Um, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try something with you real quick, Blake. Do you want to try to drop mm-hmm. out and drop back in and see if we can get your connection to, to reset, if that's okay with you? Sure. Okay. Yeah. It seems a little bit. So let me see if we can fix that real quick. Um, but no, I think Blake made a really good point where – you kind of tend to make jokes about things and it's mm-hmm. do it because it's a coping mechanism and oh yeah we do it i mean i'm notorious for doing this stuff oh don't that is that is my coping mechanism what are you yeah. talking about it's, it's like like i don't know like you said it you do it sometimes, or you said earlier, you do what you have to do sometimes to, to pull yourself through and to kind of get back up on the saddle and get yourself through stuff, you know? And it is a little bit different, I guess, when you're, it's a little bit different when you're working in the field. But I think with these, sometimes in my perspective, even people that work in the field also may tend to forget that people working in the field are still battling stuff. They're still going through things. They have to, you know, they needed, they're dealing with people that are going through stuff and then they have to take that home. And we've talked about that in a previous episode before where sometimes it's really hard to leave that stuff at work and take that stuff home. And I mean, you see that all the time with like first responders, doctors, kinds of stuff. In this case, Blake's situation where you're, you're going through your own thing while trying to help somebody else at the same time. And now you're bringing that back home with you and you're trying to make sure that that doesn't spill over into your personal life. I mean, Brady, I know you, you and I have had these issues, Blake. I mean, you've probably had this battle before. Yeah. How is it? How do you cope with that, Blake? I mean, I, I got to ask with as somebody within the field itself, it, it can't 
be easy. Cause I mean, just a normal Joe off the street myself, it's hard to even talk to my friends about some of this stuff and not take it home. Oh, Blake, are you muted? Oh, Blake, you might be muted. Blake might be muted. <laughs> he looked like he was on a roll there too. He did. That's. Oh, oh no! Now oh. we have difficulties. We're, we're having some, some every time, type of difficulties. Every single time we try to do something nice, we can never have anything nice. I'm telling you, it's. Oh, look! I think his laptop is also loading. Well, so he. I know we did say that we were going to get him to load in when we can. Um, yeah. Okay. So we'll get Blake back. I I promise Blake will be back. We're just working out the things. <laughs> and uh, how about now? Can you hear us? No, we still can't hear you. Still can't hear you. Once we'll again, figure it out. Just a testament we'll, we'll to everybody out. out there. We are <laughs> we are amateurs. <laughs> this is not something oh, we do on a professional basis. Yeah. And it, I promise it's not your fault. This happens all the time. No. It happens to us. <laughs> I mean, not. I have accidentally ended the recording in the middle of something before. So yeah, yeah so we'll we'll get back with Blake on that in a minute. But yeah, I, I mean, we've talked about it early. I mean, early, early, early episodes. And True. I don't have any problems circling back to some of this stuff and, re, you know, no, recircling I, the wagons. But I, mean, oh, I think it'd be a great idea, too. We're a year, we're a year, well, a little over a year now uh, from when we first started. I mean, do you still struggle with trying to leave some of that stuff at home? Like, do you still struggle with having that stuff spill over at home? Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, that not as far as, you know, as many discussions as we've had about the coping and, and about dealing with it and all that stuff, you know, I, not much has changed in that, in, in that front. The one thing that I can say has changed that I've gotten from, you know, all this help that, because I've, I've said before, this podcast also helps me. And, um, the one thing I would say is kind of like what I said earlier, where, you know, it's not necessarily that I need to take care of it now that I need, I, I can take my time and work through it and the stressors. Yeah, I can take out. I, it, it's funny. I feel like I can take more stress on now because I feel like I can, you know, almost spread it out kind of like a snowshoe or something. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's not all coming down, you know, on me at once. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like how often, how often on your way home from work do you try to rush through processing some of that stuff just so you don't bring it into your house? Oh, any, any day that something goes off that, that throws my day off. So I need to um, why. Yeah, pretty much. No, I mean, honestly, I, I expect some things, you know, I always have kind of give myself, and I guess that's one thing that's, that's come from this podcast is I kind of expect something to throw my day off. Um, but it's those days where it's not just something, it's a few somethings and I wasn't prepared for that. So yeah, I try to rush through it and I try to try to get through the, the, the feeling, the, the stress, the everything. I try to get through it all at once. Oh, goodness, I think, Blake I think we got Blake back. back. All right. Can you hear me? Oh hey, my God. That is that? amazing. I feel yeah. like we need to start oh, wow, all over you, again. You, I, I know. I mean, who, who knew you had, you, you know, such a beautiful voice. That's, do you want to do, <laughs> do you want to do a quick uh, recap of just like who you are? And then we'll get back to that question. Yeah, sure. Sure. Right, um, so uh, I'm born and raised in North uh, 
Northwest Louisiana. Um, basically, throughout my life, I've, I've had on and off issues with things like uh, depression. Um, I've mentioned that it's Suicide Awareness Month. I've, I've had some issues there. Uh, thankfully, no attempts. Uh, I've also battled with drug addiction as well. That's something I didn't mention on the first round. Um, and as a result of my experience, I ended up getting a degree in psychology. So now I work in mental health, which is something that I'm very, very passionate about. And I'm a musician um, and I, I'm a songwriter. Uh, and so I try to incorporate my mental health experiences and other people's into the songs that I write. Uh, Cause I think it's a, that's a very big thing when art connects to people who are going through things, they feel less alone. Um, they feel more connected. And uh, that's one of the ways that I can connect with people that are like myself is um, expressing those struggles, you know, in, 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 a, in a way that doesn't have the stigma like talking sometimes does. You can share a song with somebody and you don't have to talk about it, but they can get it. Yeah, yeah that's that's yeah. And that's kind of like one of my things is the music is um, <clears throat> before I was never good at talking about stuff. I'm not still. I mean, Brady can contest to that. My wife can contest to that. But music was always something that I could feel at any aspect of of my of like emotion wise. I could feel at any aspect on those levels where whether I was happy, whether oh, yeah. I was sad, if I was depressed, if I was angry, if I was just in a really good mood. Like music was a thing that would would power how I felt for the day. So if I was already mm -hmm. feeling down, I'm going to listen to probably depressing music. If I'm feeling in a good mood, I'm going to listen to good mood, good mood, good mood music. Good Lord have mercy. So, I mean, Brady, are you, how about you? I mean, are you the same way? Oh, absolutely. 100% music has always been a big part of my life and, and not just a big part of my life, but a big part of my mental health. My, my stepdad, who I've talked to on about on this podcast numerous times, Daryl and my mom were in a country music band um, up in Alaska. Um, my my stepdad was an amazing uh, songwriter, guitar player. Um, so I was at a very young age. I was I was very um, introduced to live music and and kind of you know the sound of the guitar. And it's funny because music was always you know it got me through. It did, you know, growing up in a small town where, I mean, I've, I've mentioned numerous times, you know, I was severely bullied. I was, you know, not the most popular kid in the world, didn't have many friends. I spent a lot of time alone. Music was always there. Always. So, yeah. And, and I feel like music almost makes it easier to say what you need to say. Yeah. He says yeah. The, the things that you can't say, you say it through music. Um, so before you got kicked off, we posed this, the, the question to you and we carried the conversation a little bit was kind of like you said, you, you, you working in that field, you see a lot of stuff that we will never experience, you know? Uh, and I mean, to the depths of things that we'll never uh, know outside of who we are or anybody that we know. Right. Um, and we know that it can be difficult especially when you're battling through your own things and you being, you know, like you said, your dad and working um, in the mental health field with your own, uh, you know, background with your own struggles, with your own battles. I mean, how do you, how do you keep it from spilling over into your life? 
That's an excellent question. It's one that I've had friends ask me a few times. Um, I wish I had a better answer for like a method for that. Uh, when I started working, after I got my degree, um, I started initially working with the homeless, um, which was a very, very extreme experiences. And I was engaged at the time and my fiance was like, you're bringing this stuff home with you. It's killing you. It was just it was really, really hard. And people that had been in the field a while said, you've got to figure out how to leave it when you clock out. Like you can't you just can't bring it home. Um, and I wish I could tell you how I got there. Um, but about six months, nine months into working in this kind of field, I just developed a a way to detach. Um, now, granted, there are certain days where I run across something, especially if it involves like uh, abuse of women or children. Um, that's going to haunt me. It's going to kind of echo in my brain. Um, but um, I just over time learned how to detach so that I could focus on on my own stuff because I got plenty of my own stuff to to work with. And there's <laughs> nothing I can do once I get home. There's my job for that day is is done. So there's not really anything I can do that would be helpful. Does, does, does your writer um, factor into that? You know, I've actually never thought about it, but that probably does. Um, often if I have a really, really hard day and I've got the time, I'll sit and and play and um, and write and get some of that out. Yeah, that's a great question. So uh, I had a question. I got some background. Is that from you, Brady? The background noise? Dad? Possibly. Oh, maybe. I mean, Oh, it probably was. It was probably coming from your garage. That's a that is a, an acoustic uh, friendly garage you have there, my friend. Yeah, no kidding. I didn't realize. <laughs> it was- um, so you said you said that working with the homeless, and that's like that's where you started. But what really got you was working with, or not working with, but running into domestic violence, domestic abuse, things like that. That's the type of thing that really got you. I can't, I can't see, like, I've never dealt with that before. I don't know the the mindset and the process to go through those things. It's just like uh, anybody that works, you know, like, mil- you know, they're in the military, the first responders, you know, work, uh, you know, mental health, do, do anything like that. Right. I don't know how that feels. I know how it feels for me. And I think with PTSD, everybody kind of deals with it a little bit differently, but everybody has their own levels of things. And I think that's one of the things where it's hard to talk about because like, I feel like it's hard to talk about because people will suffer from that a lot worse than I ever will. And there's things that, you know, people literally have nightmares about, but I think trying to normalize that, that idea of, Anybody that's really gone through this stuff, whether you're battling it or you know somebody that's battled it or, you know, you've had your own experience in some way whatsoever, we all kind of go through our own forms of PTSD. And Mm -hmm. it's really, I think, the one thing that people forget about is the survivors of that and that survivor's guilt is real. Like, I know that, I mean, I know from my experience, I mean, Brady, I mean, what about you? Um, I mean, 
I've been homeless. I've been a drug addict. I've tried to kill myself a couple of times. It's uh, the, the guilt is real. Um, you know, it's, it's definitely one of those things that sticks with you. And I mean, I kind of like, uh, you know, you don't know how to explain how you, how you finally figured out how to switch it off. I don't know how to explain how it felt. I don't know. I really don't. It was, it was the lowest feeling I've ever been through, uh, home. And, and to be honest with you, the homeless, I never really, I never put these two things together until just now, but I was not homeless when I tried to kill myself. Mm. Um, and that's, you know, that's, to me, that's uh, in my life, that's kind of profound because I felt like I was the lowest of, uh, that I could possibly get when I was homeless. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I, it, <laughs> it's kind of hard to put into words at the moment, honestly. Right. It's not easy. Like it's not easy. I, I, I made a post on Facebook the other day where I saw this question where it was, how do you describe, um, like what was it something about like how do you talk about mental depression or how do you describe someone that goes through depression? And my answer was, how do you describe depression when you don't even understand it when you go through it on a daily basis? And I'm sure, like you just admitted to it, you don't even, you don't know how to describe it. I don't know how mm-hmm. to describe it. I mean, Blake, you like you said, you don't know. Uh, the the light on and off, you don't know when it kind of kicked in for you. I mean, what what about you? Um, you know, I, I really don't know how to describe depression other than, you know, as far as diagnostics, I can list the symptoms, you know, like lack of motivation, uh, excessive or lack of sleep, you know, I can, I can list that sort of thing off, but that doesn't in any way encapsulate the experience. Um, and in fact, working in mental health, um, a client won't always say I'm feeling depressed. You know, um, you you sometimes have to dig into their day to day life to pull out the symptoms because uh, they're not going to tell you, you know, they're not going to list a bunch of symptoms that are in a diagnostic manual. They're going to say, you know, I used to enjoy making music. I just hadn't felt like doing that in three months, you know, and you kind of have to dig in that way. Um, so I don't I don't think anybody really knows how to describe it. Um I think that's where art and music and things like that really do come into play. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. I can. I, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I, I agree with that. And music, we, we, you know, we've talked about it already earlier where it's kind of that gateway to where it's kind of the gateway into things where it's going to say what you need to say without you having to say it or having a way for you to say it. And my one, like one of my, one of my biggest struggles before we started this podcast was just openly admitting to myself that I had a problem. Like I had an issue, you know, when my brother passed mm-hmm. away, uh, when my brother, uh, when my brother died, I went into a drinking episode. But before that I was going through my own things when it came to depression and we were battling the same stuff. We've just never talked about it with one another. And you would start to wonder like if we had a conversation would the outcome be different? Maybe, maybe not. We, nobody will ever know. I don't know. But you start to you start to dig into your mind because you don't know how to get that stuff out. You don't know how to be honest with yourself. You don't know how to talk to other people about it. You don't know how to be honest with other people. And then you run into something like music or you have not just music, but there's people who paint, they draw, they do stuff like that. You know, it just kind of comes out and 
I've noticed with you with a lot of your music because you one of the big things that caught on caught me on was it wasn't necessarily the music, which your music is phenomenal. It was the like the self check videos that you would do where you kind of held yourself accountable for things and you were vulnerable with us as, as viewers and with yourself where it was, I had a bad day today. I worked really hard on X, Y, and Z. And now I felt like I've regressed. Hmm. How do you come back to, from that? Like, how do you, you as a per like you as Blake, how do you recognize that? How do you, acknowledge that you have to be honest with yourself and how do you pick yourself back up and start taking the steps necessary to do it right? Um, I mean, really it's, it's a process and it's um, it's like a muscle practice. It builds up, you know, the more you introduce an idea to your consciousness, the more it's going to start to automatically pop up. Um, so if I've got a behavior that is problematic in my relationships, um, Basically, once I, I, I write, put it on paper or realize that's a problem, maybe not every time and maybe not in the moment, um, but later my brain will remind me that that's something that we've thought about and that that's an issue. And at, at that point, it's my decision whether I want to stuff that away and suppress it, um, which is where things like alcohol and drugs you know, can come into play. Uh, different types of escapism, um, or if I, if I want to address it. And so a lot of the times those videos you're talking about, um, particularly in like relationships, cause I'm dating right now, you know, I'm divorced. So I'm, I'm getting back out there and, uh, and I run into some of my old behaviors. Um, and, uh, sometimes I'll think I've really made it a long ways. And then one of the old behaviors will pop up and, um, and then I got to figure out what, where the wires got crossed there, uh, because I don't want to repeat you know, mistakes of the past. I want to move forward. Um, And so it's a way of me, even if the other person didn't realize what was happening, um, I want to hold myself accountable for that. And and that really just takes practice. Not only practice, I think it takes swallowing your pride to do that too. I mean, yeah, (laughs) I'm, I'm not the best at that. Brady, you might be a little bit better than I am, but (laughs) you know, I mean, what about you, man? I mean, like the one thing that you guys have had in common is the, the drug thing. I haven't had that Mm. issue before. I drank a lot. Um, I still do, but not anywhere near like I was doing before. This was more, this is enjoyment. That was self-medication. Um, there's a little bit of a difference, but like, what about for you? Because I mean, like you said, when you were homeless, you did, you thought that was like the bottom of the bottom, but then it wasn't. Mm -hmm. And then it wasn't. Yeah. I mean, you know, and I've mentioned this numerous times and, and, uh, Blake really put it quite eloquently, uh, there, but you know, it, it really turned around for me when I stopped blaming other people. Um, I was, I was homeless and I was addicted to drugs because of the choices that I made. Um, I was, you know, I, I got myself into these situations and I could get my, but it was also empowering because I could get, uh, if I knew I put myself there, I knew I could take myself out. I could get myself out of it. Um, but as far as, as far as dealing with, um, the drug aspect and stuff like that, you know, I've been relatively clean. No, um, I've been clean. I, I, I freely admit that, you know, I have smoked marijuana for a lot, a, a good number of years. Um, no longer, but I, I, I have, and 
never had any issues with that. Never, never had a problem with it. Um, the only gateway that that was for me was a gateway to the fridge, but, um, but no, when it, when it comes down to how I dealt with it, I, I don't know. I really don't. I, I finally hit bottom. Um, I've, I've said this before, you know, I don't, I don't know what your Blake, what, what your experiences was, but I was a meth head, um, meth and cocaine and, and, you know, uh, all that wonderful stuff. Um, I finally, it finally came to a head where, you know, I'm, I'm about 315 pounds now and I'm a, I'm a large individual, but I weighed about just over 200, 200 pounds oh, back wow. then. And I was, um, there was nothing to me and I kind of, I, I was sober for five minutes. That's basically what it was. I was 100% sober and, and I felt a little ashamed of, of where I was. Not a lot. I'll be the first to admit that that shame was always there, but you know, I felt a little bit more this time. And, um, and I looked at myself and I was like, oh, I can't keep doing this. I'm going to die. Um, and, and, and the funny thing is I was one of the lucky ones that, that, you know, I got out of it. Um, I stopped. Uh, just one day I stopped and you know, th that's not the case for a lot of people in, in that were, was in my, that were in my situation. Right. Um, but it was the case for me and I got lucky and, and honestly it was, I think the hardest part about, of getting through it and, and dealing with it and coping with it was telling, convincing myself that I deserved to get out of it, that I deserved mm -hmm. to, to get, to get better. And there's where that, where that, you know, mentality was because I had to tell myself every day that, that I'm, I deserve to be sober and I deserve to, to get past this. And I deserve to be the person that I know I can be and that I was before all this and, and all this stuff. And eventually, you know, as, as cheesy as it sounds, it's, you know, I told myself that I deserved it enough to make it happen. And it's, it really is a mentality. It really is something that it's a conditioning exercise. It really is. You know, you, 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 you people, people make smart ass jokes about, you know, look yourself in the mirror and say, I am loved and I am special. If that's what you need to do, do it. I mean, yeah. that's, there's, yeah. there's zero, there's zero shame to be had in that, in that instance. And, and that's kind of what I was doing back then is I would look myself in the mirror every morning and I would say, you don't need to do this. You want to, to move forward in life. And, and yeah, no, that's, and it was, you condition yourself to, to deal with it as best as you can. Of course, later on in life, it, it popped its head back up and I had, you know, I never, I didn't relapse, but. I did, you know, go through some, some of those emotional and, and, and mental battles that every mm -hmm. addict goes through. Yeah. Let me, let me ask you guys both a question and it, I don't, whoever wants to answer first, because you and Brady, you kind of touched on it a little bit as is, but when was that moment where it hit you, where you were just enough is enough? Speaking. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking for myself, uh, and like, what made you, what made you just go, all right, I'm done. Like, I cannot do this anymore. I was, ba I was basically medically forced into that realization. Um, I was 23, um, speaking of not weighing anything. I think I was down to like 135 pounds. I generally weigh about 180. Um, and, um, I was shooting heroin. Like I was in, I was injecting heroin. I was really bad off. I'd, I, painkillers opiates was was my thing and um one day i my skin started to turn yellow and i couldn't eat and i was sleeping about 18 hours a day 
my mom's a nurse had her take me to the hospital um i thought they were going to give me some good stuff and like remove a spleen or something like i thought it was going to be a good time um i was i was optimistic and uh, i woke up to a doctor who was really upset with me because he had worked with my mom for 20 years and um but he basically told me he's like you know you're gonna die if you keep doing this he's like you're going into acute liver failure um you have hepatitis c uh which i thought all the needles i used were clean um and uh, he's like you're, you're gonna die and your mom's gonna watch you do it like your only chance like if we can pull you out of this um is to get clean like you just you you can't do this um and i was really angry at that because obviously it wasn't my decision uh but i was also very fortunate because the next day i woke up and i had a feeling of hope that i hadn't had in forever uh, some sunlight came through that hospital window and it wasn't a nice hospital room or anything but i i was like this is this is my chance this is my second chance um and i just kind of took it um obviously the liver stuff ended up fine i ended up getting uh later on getting treatment and i've been free of the hepatitis c since i think 2014 2015. Um, yeah so um so I've, I've been really really fortunate like that but i basically got i painted myself into that corner and it was really do or die um and so i did you know for <laughs> if that's it's funny like, that, that you that you bring up, um, you know, your mom and your mom's friend and stuff like that. Cause similar, not, not, not the same, but definitely similar. My, with, with me, it, it came down to, um, my dad and the look on his face. Um, when I, I remember vividly, I was asking him for, for gas money, like I did. Um, and, and for those of you that are just listening, I did throw up the air quotes because, you know, we all knew what the gas money was for. Um, and I think this was the realization for me that so did he, um, like it was, it was difficult for me to see the look of shame on my dad's face, but he still gave me the gas money. Um, but the look of shame on my dad's face and um and then when you know when i got arrested um i got arrested for possession of drug paraphernalia and possession of marijuana less than a gram by the uh drug task force in the um city that i was living in at the time because i was that's how i supported my habit as i i dealt mm-hmm. so um it was much cheaper just to you know smoke my profits than than you know then try to buy it just, you know, as a, yeah. as an ad. And, um, I got arrested and my dad showed up, um, at the court courthouse to come get me. And just the look on his face then was absolutely, you know, and I, I had to convince him cause this was after I had quit. This was after I had, I had stopped. I'd stopped for about three weeks at this point. And, um, I, I was, basically begging my dad to believe me that I, I was done and he didn't, he had no trust in me anymore. Um, it was hard. So that was probably the real turning point for me because he, uh, he took me back to the apartment that got raided. Um, and so I could get my stuff. The, the people that I lived with, uh, were there. Um, it didn't go well, <laughs> I kind of, I was still kind of shuffling around, um, kind of lost 
gathering my things and my dad had some choice things to say to some of the people that I was living with. And, and be honest with you, I don't, I don't think I've seen any of them since, but, um, but no, that was probably it for me. That was, you know, the, my dad no longer trusting me and my dad no longer, you know, almost giving up with me was probably, I, nope, I got to stick with the, on the path that I was on. Like I said, I had quit, but that was just more fuel for me to just be done. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. And it, it, it took me a really long time to earn back any trust. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. It took a long time. Brady, let me ask you something. If your dad didn't give you, if you're okay, let me rephrase. When your dad gave you that cash, do you think what was going through his mind was either I can give it to him or he's just going to find a way to get it anyway? Yes. Yeah. I feel like that's a common uh, occurrence when in situations like that where they feel, I feel like sometimes people feel like they're going to do more damage if they don't give it to you because of the means to an end of where you would take that to, to get what you need to get. Like if you, if somebody wants to get a high, they're going to get a high no matter what, like they're going to find a way to do it. Yeah. And sometimes it's, uh, and I don't, I don't mean it the way it comes off, but sometimes it's in a worse way than it would be the way they would have done it. You know, yeah, they'll you, knock over a shooting. liquor store or they'll, yeah. or, or they'll, you know, they'll rob somebody off, off the and street. And they'll end up hurting more people in the end than mm-hmm. they would just themselves. And sometimes, and again, I've never been in that situation, but like with me, it was alcohol, but it was, you kind of would almost rather it be you, you're only hurting yourself. You don't hurt other people. And, and I know that's not a good way to put that, but it's, it's how, I mean, it's your children. Like, how do you, how do you look them in the eye and, and you, you tell them, no, they're going to go do it anyway. It doesn't matter how old you are. If your parent tells you, no, don't do something. It doesn't matter if you're 14, 20 or 50, you're going to go yeah. and do it. Like I'm going to do that for the day I die. If my wife at 60 tells me, don't press that button. Guess what? I'm pressing the button. Like I have to. <laughs> yeah. And, and Dan, let me just, let me just say, you know, you've, and you've mentioned it uh, numerous, numerous times on this episode. And you've, and you've said it before. Um, just because yours was alcohol and mine was meth doesn't mean you don't understand. Doesn't mean that you didn't, you went through something different. It's just, yeah, it's a different substance, but it's, it's very similar. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I just don't see it that way because uh, I don't know. I, I feel like it's just, because I you feel still like- drink. <laughs> well, yeah, in a way, but I'm not like that. Like I, I learned how to control my, a yeah. lot of the, a lot of the things that I went through was me learning how to figure it out on my own. Cause I didn't talk mm-hmm. to anybody My you know, my parents, they kind of knew, but also didn't know the severity of things. Friends didn't really know. And some did. And I did a really good job of hiding stuff. I mean, like I was on point about hiding things, or at least I think I was, I mean, I had to be enough to, to, make people think I was okay for so long. Right. But I got to a point where it wasn't the amount that I was consuming, whether it was bottle after bottle after bottle. It was, I woke up one day and slept through my alarm and I missed work. And I broke down because I had never missed work before. Like, I don't really like to call out. I don't, you know, all that. Like I, I missed work for something that I had complete control over and I let myself go. And that was my fault. That was on me. That was nobody else. I chose to stay up and drink all night. I, you know, I'll have one or two, which turned into like, I don't know, 18, 19, however many you can get out of a bottle. And 
was supposed to be at work at 6 a.m. and didn't wake up until one o'clock in the afternoon. And that was the moment where I realized, like, I need to get my shit together. I cannot do this anymore. And that's what happened. So I quit drinking for a long time. Um, and then I told myself that, you know, I, I wanted to drink. It was it was me where I got to the point where I wanted to do it. I didn't need to do it. And mm-hmm. I think that was the time where I was like, I think I can do this, control myself. But I also know that if I can't, I'm going to stop. And like, I'm not going to do this anymore. And I was able to. So it got to the point where I learned how to do, how to drink in a social setting and do it the right way where I wasn't self-medicating. I was doing it to enjoy being around people. I was doing it to, and you don't have to have alcohol to enjoy being around friends, but I learned how to do it in a way where it was safe, where I wasn't hurting myself. I wasn't putting anybody in danger and I learned how to control myself. And I think that was kind of the big part because I had a real hard time with control, whether it was emotions, whether it was drinking, whether it was, you know, whatever it was, I had a hard time with control. And it was because a lot of it, to be honest with you, I had open-ended questions and it was questions that I was never going to get answers to. And it drove me insane. And it took a long time to realize that I could ask the same question every day for the rest of my life. I'm never going to get an answer. And I probably won't, you know, 40 years after I'm dead and gone, I'm still not going to get an answer. Um, but yeah, um, I actually wanted to bring something up with you, Blake. So, you know, we were talking about music and there's a song that you did that is one of my favorites off of your EP. It's called Nobody's Savior. And you mentioned to me that it has very heavy uh, implies for mental health. Sure. Um, yeah, th- there's multiple layers to it. So uh, it's it's the title track off my EP. Um nobody's savior and that stems from a couple of couple of things um one is a um a tendency that i've had in dating since i got divorced um where i i more or less felt like you know as men we often feel like we have to be useful to um to be loved and i went through a divorce that i did not initiate as a man i felt like a failure so when I got back into dating, um, I tried to make myself as useful as possible to women. Uh, and I date single moms cause I'm in my thirties and that's, you know, who's available. Um, and, um, you know, I would try to be as useful as I could so that I wouldn't be discarded basically. Um, so I had a little bit of the white knight syndrome and I ran into a lot of really disappointing experiences because, that's not my job to to come in and save these women. Um, and it also has ties to my work. Um, you know, I, I can come in, I can lead horses to water. I can't make them drink. If they decide not to drink, then it, I'm not responsible for that. Uh, so it's it's a recognition of I'm only responsible for so much. And if I'm over here struggling with saving myself day to day, um, maybe I shouldn't be playing knight in shining armor um, or deluding myself into thinking that um, I have some power that I don't have. Because uh, basically in trying to redeem myself through saving others, I'm drowning as well. And there's a line in the song that uh, that alludes to that. 
I mean, you didn't have to go and fucking call me out like that. Jesus. <laughs> That's me. I'll do it. Mike, you and I, you, you and I definitely have. Um, I'm hearing a lot of you know similarities, similarities? in our, yeah, that's, in our that's, um, that's how I felt too. Um, <laughs> let me ask you something: Are you are you comfortable playing that for us? Yeah, sure. Do you, you want to, Brady? You good with that? Oh, I'd be, I'd love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah let's yeah. do it. This is awesome. I sometimes have a tendency to forget my own lyrics, so I did rehearse this earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I've done a couple of TikTok lives where the people watching the live were providing me cues for my own lyrics. And that was a bit embarrassing. Oh, also really cool that people remember the lyrics to my songs. So. <laughs> Let me make sure I'm in tune. So this right. is, this is nobody's savior off of your EP, correct? Correct. Okay. Savior, oh, I can do you a favor. 
is awesome. Thank you. Uh, that is awesome, dude. Thank you. I love that song. That's probably like one of my favorite that's songs awesome. by you. Honestly, that's probably awesome. like my number one off of your album. And that's the one that that's the one I put on repeat. I don't know my playlist and stuff like that. So that's cool, man. Thanks for doing yeah. that. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. That's yeah. pretty cool. And, um, yeah, no, that's that's awesome. That is <laughs> thank you. That might be um, one of the, that might be one of the coolest things we've ever had done on this thing on this show. Oh, they, they, ab- absolutely, definitely cooler than anything you and I have ever done on this show. Yeah, who um, are you telling? <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I like the, and you know that that song kind of brought to mind. You know, I feel like because like I said, there's similarities between your story and mine, and you know some of those similarities. I feel like is maybe we've, you know, when you experience something as jarring as a divorce, especially one that you didn't initiate or were expecting, at least, um, you tend to overcompensate, um, afterward. It's, it is, I mean, I don't know any, but I can't, well, at least I can't think of anybody off the top of my head right now that went through a divorce that didn't at least immediately following when they, when they felt good enough to get back out there, they didn't overcompensate. And no, that's an amazing song. It is. Thank you. Thank you. I've I've never had to deal with that when it comes to like a divorce or anything. And I, I hope one day that I I hope that I never have to. Um, and that. No, I'm pretty sure she'll just kill you. Um, yeah, I mean, that's what I was going to say. Which she'll probably just roll over and stab me in my seat. So we wouldn't have to worry about that, actually. Um, no, but I, I get the I get the 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 thought process of kind of like you said overcompensating because even whether it's a divorce or a relationship breakup or just every single day of life as men we tend to put you know we say it often unfair expectations on ourselves and we every tend day. to do we tend to do too much and we'll never admit that it's too much because in our mind it's what we have to do to get by it's what we have to do for our families it's what we have to do for us it's what we have to do for our kids um and you know, like we said it before earlier, you know, Blake, you're you're a father, you're a dad, and you know, Brady's a dad to two. I'm a dad to a little one who's you know six months old, and that reality. And you warned me about this, Brady, and I I played it off because I was cocky as shit. But <laughs> that reality of having to be present. 24 hours a day, hundred percent of the time and making sure that you are basically there as a dad did not come to realization for me until really she started doing like her own things. You know, I was terrified at first because she's tiny little thing. I got to keep it alive somehow. Right. And real reality, she's already alive. So it's don't just don't fuck it up. Like just keep doing what you're doing. Keep her alive. Right? Basically, yeah. But then when she starts getting older and she starts doing things, it, it clicked in my head that like, if I'm not here, like mentally, if I'm not here, we could have a serious issue if I'm not present and not just mentally present, but also just trying to physically be there uh, presently for your kids. Like that's Mm -hmm. hard to do. And it's hard to do with, I know your job, Blake, and our job is not as bad, but we still have that situation where 
we might miss out on stuff that we don't want to miss out on. And I think deep down, it kills you a little bit as a parent and it kills you a little bit as a dad and it kills you a little bit as a husband because you feel like you're letting people down. In reality, it's it's life and it's hard to differentiate between the two, whether it's you're letting Mm -hmm. them down or it's just life happening. And to me, there is no difference, but I know in reality there is. And I'm sure Mm -hmm. that we are exposing telltale signs of mental health problems to Blake. And he's probably taking notes going, this guy needs to go get therapy. (laughs) I'm going to put that in my doctoral thesis right here. This is, yeah, um, right. (laughs) But like, how do you do that? And that's the thing. That's the thing though, dude is, is, you know, and, and we've said it before, not to take anything away from mothers, not to take anything away from women, but that's not what this podcast is about. Um, when everybody says, you know, a mom is a mom 24 hours, seven days a week. Well, I mean, a, a father, an actual, actual father, not just, you know, somebody that donated their sperm to make a child, um, but a father who is present and, 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 and a part of their child's life, um, the year 24 seven as well. I mean, regardless, I mean, I know, I know people that, I mean, you're still a father, even if, you know, you're, you're divorced and you, you, you know, you're not around your kid every day, uh, but you're still a father 24 yeah. seven. Um, you know, it's, it's not, you hear it, you hear it more from the other side. And, you know, that's, that's one of the things that I kind of want to, that I've has been kind of one of my goals since we started this podcast is to normalize the fact that, you know, men, men are, the, or fathers are twenty four are twenty four seven job too. Yeah, like I see this Absolutely. thing sometimes. I see this thing sometimes where like uh, a mom will go, "I finally got my son's dad to babysit." And it'll blow my mind because we're, oh, not, we're not babysitting. Yeah. And you've said it often, actually, Brady. We're not babysitting. You're we're not parent. babysitting. You're not babysitting. You're taking your kid. You have priorities, right? So I don't know, man. That's just me. But and Blake, I saw you shake your head. I see. Yeah, I, I guess well, you've seen that too, right? Yeah, I was. Well, I was actually about to bring that exact thing up. Um, so when you said it, I was just like, yeah, I, I, I can't stand hearing that. Um, I don't babysit my own child. Yeah. You no. know, I, I'm a dad. I spend time with my kid. Um, and the idea of babysitting my kid is just um, kind it's of insulting. It's insulting to the institution of fatherhood. Yes. You yes. know, um, I, like so, I, like yeah. I like the way you put that. It's an insult to the institution of fatherhood. Yeah, it really is. It's and, nice. And, you know, it's there's... calling all the little deadbeats out there. And I'm not trying to start anything, but it calls people out because it makes it's a real re- thing. Yeah. It makes you reprioritize. Like, am I am I mentally there with my child or am I in the process of babysitting my kid? And, you know, I, I'll be honest with you. I stopped worrying about offending the, the deadbeat dads out there because if they're right. deadbeat dads, they don't care if I yep. try to shame them. They they don't. So, I mean, and if they do, maybe, maybe they'll change. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. And if no it harm. hits you, good. Yeah. <laughs> but, but no, and that's, and, you know, that, that adds a different degree. You know, before, you, like you said, we've been doing this podcast for over a year now. And Dan, you've you've got the the unique ability to look at this podcast and see how you've presented this podcast and been a part of this podcast and and all that stuff um, before and after you became a dad. And I gotta ask, man, how does it how does it feel? Has it changed? How I how I do the podcast, or how like how I've changed myself? 
Well, I mean, uh, we always change when we have a kid, but I mean, how has it changed your mentals? Like, I've yeah, had to, I've had, uh, yeah, you're an asshole. I've had <laughs> to admit a lot of things about myself that I probably never would have admitted to. Um, mm-hmm. Some of it has been earth shattering. Some of it has been me just calling me, me calling myself out on my own shit. But, you know, like we said earlier, and the reality is I, you know, my daughter deserves to have a healed father. And I don't know if we... I don't know if we ever will 100% heal when it comes to battling mental health, but we can get fucking close. Like we can be really close and we can deal with some stuff that brings us closer to that. And I well, some think, things cause scars, but that doesn't right. necessarily mean they're not healed. Right. That's a good point. I, I feel like doing this podcast has helped me relieve some of that stuff. And has given me relief because I feel like I kind of started losing this weight that is off my back. And honestly, if we didn't start this when we did, I don't know where I would be mentally with a child. Like, I love my daughter. And every single day, you know, I'm excited to come home to see her. And I all I want to do is be around her. And mm-hmm. I need to make sure that I'm not just there around her physically. I'm there mentally and I can be there emotionally because having a daughter, as you know, Brady, we're going to be thrown into some shit that we are not built to handle. Not prepared for. Nope. But we're going to need to do it. <laughs> you know, we're still, we're going to need to do it. And if I, if we didn't do this podcast, I don't know if I would be, uh, as good of a father, I'm tooting my own horn, but as good of a father as I am now, as, as I would have been, as I would have been if we didn't start this podcast. And and Blake, I, kind of the same question toward you, but how long have you been writing music? Ooh, um, so and this actually will will kind of tie into a lot of what we've been talking about. Um, I started learning guitar when I was 15. Um, yeah. My parents got divorced right after I started learning. And I think that's the only reason I stuck with it. Uh, that was my escape from, from that world. Um, and I basically started writing six months in, like I just found expression and I obviously had a lot going on. Um, so I've been writing music since I was 15, 16, I'm about to be 37. So 20 something years now. So, I mean, and, and obviously your writing style and your music has um, evolved over the years. Um, has that, has, does it evolve with your, with the condition of your mentality, with the condition of your mentals? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I, I started out um, into like classic rock, you know. It was like Skinner, Zeppelin, yeah. all, all the stuff, you know, when you get into guitar. Um, and then in my late teens, early 20s, um, I was like a grunge rocker. Like I had like okay. a mullet and, you know, was always in dirty clothes. Like, oh, God, was I want to do a big one. I've got some, but I'm hesitant to put them out there. Um, but, um, you know, that was during my, my, my druggy days. So I basically went whole hog on that whole lifestyle oh, yeah. um and then whenever i got sober i i just found i didn't enjoy 
listening to Soundgarden and uh, Nirvana and Stone Temple Pilots as much because there was so much association with uh, with that lifestyle. Uh, I can listen to that stuff now, but it, at first, like I was like, I've got to find a new. I had to completely rediscover what kind of music I would listen to, and um, I swore I would never play country. Um, <laughs> it off. I was never going to play boring acoustic folk and country songwriter junk. And um, ultimately, that's where I ended up. So, you know, the universe has a sense of humor. It's yeah. funny because you put out, you put out that, uh, that cover of um, something, by, something in the Orange by Zach Bryan. Mm. And I commented and messaged you immediately. I was like, dude, this is what you were born to do. Like your voice and your, and your guitar playing, this is the style of music that you're born to. Now, like your Nirvana covers and like all that, those are great. Like even, even uh, some of the, when you were doing like, um, I don't know, you were doing like all these like oldies classics for a while too. And mm-hmm. like, they, they were good. Like you on point, but like, that that little you just say just, oldies no no wait, but before you i'm sorry to no, 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 i'm not talking about i'm not talking about i'm not talking about zeppelin and, and stuff like oh, that i'm talking about like uh like like sam cook and people okay. like that and uh right is that the name did i get that right yeah 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 that's what i thought i'm talking about that so when when you put out like the the zach bryan cover i was like holy shit like this is amazing man <laughs> and i mean all of it is good but like that that's my kind of that's my style of music that's mm-hmm. what i like so that's what i'm drawn to so when i heard you sing that and it, it just seemed like it seemed like emotionally and vocally and mentally you were just so in tune with what you were singing it was almost like you believed in the words that were coming out of your mouth. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And that song being kind of about a um, relationship in distress. When I, when I did that cover, I was going through a very similar emotion that I'm sure Zach was going through when he wrote it. So it definitely uh, fueled the, filled the fire, so to speak. That's all. I mean, actually that's, that's become quickly become one of my favorite songs. Your, yeah, that's yeah, a really good too. one. I shared I shared your cover with him, and I like I'll go I'll literally drive to work. At, I shouldn't be admitting admitting this, but I'll drive to work and bring up your page and just have like the music, and I'll just like play the thirty second clip next, thirty second clip next, thirty second clip. Like I'll just rotate through like all 30, 28, 40 seconds of all, like all your covers and your music. And I'm like, yes, see, that's why I said we need more. Like we, we got to get more from you. I know you said covers is kind of like a a thing because you got to pay for royalties and stuff, but are we, are we getting like a full album sometime soon? Are we getting more music or what's, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm writing some more originals right now. Um, right now the, the direction I'm going, it's a little less, uh, it's a little bit less like the Zach Bryan, Jason Isbell country stuff. It's it's a little more bluesy, uh, a little okay. bit darker. Um, it's just kind of something I'm exploring at the moment. Um, I'm sure there will be at least one really good heartbreak song on there because I just can't seem to get away from writing that sort of thing. Um, that's kind of my bread and butter. So, um, but yeah, I'm writing some more more originals. I do plan on doing a um, an album of covers uh, at some point. Um, cause a lot of people have asked about it and honestly, I'm still blown away that anybody cares or listens. Um, you, you have like 10,000 people and I can't comprehend how many people that is like my brain. It just doesn't register. Um, you know, 
I got on TikTok. I swore I've never downloaded TikTok. I swore up and down. I was one of those old fogies, and I was like, it's for kids to do stupid dances. I'm not getting on there. Uh, ended up with COVID sometime late last year, and I was just so bored out of my mind in quarantine that I downloaded it. Um, and once I realized how good the algorithm was at connecting you to your interest mm-hmm. in people, um, I was like, well, let me try to do my music thing. Cause I'd just been posting my music on Facebook and the same, like four people, my mom included were liking it <laughs> every time. So, so in my mind, I, I thought that meant like, I'm really not that great. Like maybe I'm a little delusional at like thinking I've got something here. Um, and so I really just didn't think much about the music stuff. I was just sharing it on Facebook and then I got on TikTok and hundreds of people started following and then thousands. And I'm like, Oh wow. Like I was actually maybe a bit delusional in the opposite direction because people actually are interested and actually enjoy listening to this. Um, so the TikTok thing has been an incredible ride and it's also given me a lot of, um, material to do introspection with um and uh, and it's given me that outlet to share some of those uh insights and introspective moments with people that that hopefully it will resonate with well listen ten thousand ten thousand views is nothing to be uh nothing to, like bat your eye out like that's that's amazing ten thousand likes or followers whatever that's, that's followers awesome. yeah yeah, that's awesome. I can't comprehend it. Like my brain just <laughs> does not wrap around that. Oh man, that's awesome. Look, man, this has been this has probably been one of the like greatest shows or episodes that we've done. I mean, this is not a knock on anybody else, but like this has been this has been awesome. Like the conversation has been great. Mm-hmm. The fact that you played some for us has been awesome. Um, I know we had a little bit of technical difficulties in the beginning, but we got it. You know, it, it, it. it wouldn't be one of our podcasts without it. This. I know. And for some reason, your phone is the one screwing up. And I don't know why we've Mine? never had issues. Yeah. We've never had issues with your phone. It's just background mute noise. I don't know why it's echoing. It's just, we've never had these issues, but of course today is the day where, you know, Blake's phone wants to skip in and out and then your laptop is doing its thing. And then you're, I don't know, sounds like you're at a live concert and I'm, I heard my child screaming in the background like 35 minutes ago. And I thought she was like dying. And my wife is like, no, she just wants her last two ounces of milk. And I'm like, Lord have mercy. This child is food motivated, gets it from me. Um, (laughs) So she comes by that, honestly. Yeah. We're not going to talk about that. Um, so, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, Brady, you got anything else? Um, I, I really don't. I mean, other than the fact that you got to come back on at some point and, uh, and, and come talk to us again. I, uh, I think this is definitely one of the better episodes. And, and you know, ever since we, start, we stopped stre- – honestly, we stopped stressing over trying to get this done every week. You know, every couple of weeks we can do this. Every couple three weeks we can do this, and and honestly have a little bit more of a uh, of in depth as far as conversation. Because honestly, you know, our weeks are pretty much the same. Yeah, <laughs> um, it really is. But but no, I mean, I don't I don't really have much other than you know, please continue to share your music. You have an incredible talent. Um, I've been I've been trying to teach myself how to play guitar. Um, and I say trying to teach myself how to play guitar loosely because, you know, there's always an excuse not to practice. With those um, oak tree of a finger, how are you going to be able to pluck the guitar with uh, with tree trunks? Actually, they, they come they come in handy. Thank you. Um, but, 
But no, um, please keep sharing your music and please, you know, allow us if you wouldn't mind, you know, uh, that I mean, nobody's savior. I'd I'd love to love to to plug that oh. into you know our. I mean, by all means, um, if you would rather us not, that's fine. But I'd love to plug that into into one of our you know our Facebook posts and you know, thanks for coming out. Honestly, yeah. uh, to, to have somebody, you know, it's it's a different conversation when you when you have it with somebody that's in in the in the mental health field but also who when when they've been through what you've been through and are in the mental health i mean it's 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 got to be a unique thing for you and i gotta ask i mean do you feel like it has helped you or hindered you or just kind of been neutral as far as your experiences in your professional life that depends on me and where I'm at. It can it can okay. be a help or it can be a hindrance. Um, if I'm really trying to check out and I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed, um, it can feel like a hindrance, but it's really a help because it, it, it reminds me because I'm never out of it. Um, uh, it helps kind of remind me of what's going on. So it's a help in that way, though I may not always be that welcoming of it. Um, and it can be a hindrance too if I get too caught up in being the savior. Um, if I start wearing that that role too proudly, and is where humility really comes in, um, I'll forget that I have my own problems, and that becomes kind of like a convenient way of avoiding mine. Um, so it can really go either way. It just depends. It's like everything in life. It depends on my attitude and and my willingness to address my own shit. And you know, I, I went hold on. You sound like you're underwater. You wanna try that again, Aquaman? Speaking of Aquaman, do you guys know that Brady had a beer with Jason Momoa? You really have to bring that up? Yeah, he's like best friends with Jason Momoa. How cool is that? We had a few beers. I had a, I had a good conversation with him. He's he's a good dude. He's crazy as hell, but he's a good dude. Um, he was he was filming a a, a movie in my hometown, and it, this happened to be right after my divorce. So I'd gone up there and yeah, I ran into him in the bar, and him and Carrie Elwes, and and Carrie Elwes wasn't in the bar, but. Uh, had a good conversation with Carrie as well. He's a good dude, uh, really smart guy. Um, but anyway, now you just completely distracted me, and I, I can't remember what I was saying. I've never had an opportunity to say that, though. This is I've been I know. waiting for an opportunity, I, I, and I finally got a chance. I was thoroughly impressed that you waited this long. Um, <laughs> I'm, like a, I'm like a ninja. I'll attack at any time. Yeah, no kidding. And now, I, like I said, I lost my. I completely lost my train of thought. But I'm like the Chris Farley ninja, you know. I'm not. I'm not. Oh, like, very much so. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Beverly, Beverly Hills Ninja. That's yeah. that was. That Ooh. was such a terribly great movie. Oh, no. I miss. Anyway, that so um, um, but I don't. I, oh yeah, what I was going to say. Go, go. We've had uh, we, we've had guests on here, and every guest has brought something on. And let me just say, you know, thank you for taking the time out of your day to come on, uh, please, uh, allow us to, to invite you on it again at some point. Um, we do, however, um, yeah. And I, I will go ahead and say my usual, you know, it, it, this sounds like a good time to wrap things up. Um, however, uh, Dan, we've been discussing this for weeks. You have the flyer, correct? I do the have the flyer. flyer. I do okay. have the flyer. So as and everybody we will post that up. Yeah. 
as you all know, uh, in about two weeks, we will be sitting down on a panel um, at a mental health virtually. event. It'll virtually. We're not. I wish we could go to Minnesota, but we're not going. Um, and we do have the digital flyer that we were talking about. I will post that uh, on the Facebook page. We will actually are trying to get uh, the people who inv- invited us. We're trying to get them on hopefully next week for like a small 30 minute thing, maybe the week after if we can do it so they can kind of promote everything. Um, we're going to do our best. I know our schedules have all been kind of wacky and everybody it's hard to do when everybody lives all over the the country doing different stuff, you know? Um, but we will, I'm going to post the flyer. I'm also going to post the link for the AFSP walk, which is, uh, October 15th. Um, and, uh, again, you know, nobody's inclined to donate or nobody has to donate. Like we're not going to make anybody donate anything. If it's a cent, it's a cent. If it's zero, it's $0. It's just getting our name out there and uh, just trying to raise awareness of everything. Um, the other thing that we wanted to bring up, uh, with it being September 11th is we wanted to take a moment to just have a a moment of silence and remembrance for all those that uh, lost their lives uh, on 9-11, 9-11-2001. And we just want to kind of do a a moment of silence and just remember that, you know, we don't do politics on here, but just remember there was a time where we all, came together as one and nothing else mattered in the world, but just being with one another. Um, and I think today, you know, with it being uh, opening Sunday with the NFL and it's September is suicide awareness month and having Blake on here, it kind of all just a lot stars aligned. And if you guys are okay with it, just do a quick little moment of silence for that. Absolutely. Okay. So, uh, uh, with that, Blake, you know, thanks again. Um, I don't, if you, if you want to, you don't have to, but, uh, actually, no, we don't need to do that. We can save that for another day. Um, I was going to ask him to do the something by the orange or something in the orange, but we don't need to do that now. We're, we're, we're pressed on time and we kind of, I know it got cut short a little bit because we had stuff going on in the beginning, but what we'll end up doing is have you come back. And then Absolutely. we'll do that song. I love that. And then we can we can start another conversation about something, and you know, we'll see how that derails. But <laughs> so Brady, in your true fashion, would you? This like has been Brady? another episode of Men in Your Life, unapologetically human. I'm Brady. I'm Dan, and that is like, yeah. Thanks, man. I really appreciate you coming on. Yes, I, I, it's been an honor. I hope everybody has a safe weekend. Uh, if you're listening to this, it's probably Monday morning. Um, everybody have a safe drive into work. Guys, have an awesome weekend. Have a great week. And, uh, you know, like I said, uh, as we always say, it's okay to not be okay. And as uh, iron sharpens iron, man sharpens man. <laughs>